And you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, you just need to trust the Lord in 2021. And while I know that's true, it's, it's nice to fret. <laughs> I mean, after all, I like hoarding that toilet paper in my closet. And, uh, and, and you know, maybe I shouldn't be so generous this year because you don't know what economically things are going to be or where they're going to be. And there's this fatalistic, the doom of Mordor that kind of just looms over everything. And I thought Psalm 11 is a perfect psalm for us to examine this morning as we look into 2021. Because David, or the psalmist, uh, the choir director to David, has been told, you need to fret. Things are not good. They're far from good. And you need to be careful. And the psalmist delivers this message and he says, no, I, I can trust the Lord. So there's a notes there before you and let's just unpack this psalm and let's look at what the psalmist has. It says in verse 1, in the Lord I have taken shelter. The psalmist starts with this de declaration of trust. A shelter is a, the resting place, isn't it? Uh, the Psalm 144 talks about this. Nahum 1 says, The Lord is good. He's a, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. Psalm 118 states, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust men, which we're going to see as we examine this psalm. And Psalm 118 goes on to state, it's better to take refuge than the Lord to even trust in princes, or might we put presidents, or kings, or government, it's to trust in the Lord. It's interesting as well, the, the tense that is used here in the Hebrew tells us it's ongoing. This is my refuge, and it's, 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 it's where I'm going, and have been, and will continue to rest. Notice, in this opening statement, he doesn't say, it's the Lord and my pocketbook. <laughs> it's the Lord and my family. It's the Lord and my business, or my talents, my abilities, or the vaccination shot. Is it? He says, I trust in the Lord. And all of those things that I mentioned, yes, they have value. But the, the bottom line for day, the psalmist is that we can trust the Lord he then moves, and he's quoting some folks who are standing beside him saying, mm, careful, you know what 2020 held, look what 2021's got for us, right? And notice what they say to the psalmist, how can you say to me, and that's what he's referring to, to this quote from them, flee to a mountain like a bird. It's not imagery that we often use but in a Near Eastern world, it was very prevalent, this idea of fleeing like a bird. Isaiah 16, well, Isaiah 15 gives the doom and gloom for Moab. It's judgment on the, on the nation of Moab and how they've treated the Israelites. And then in Isaiah 16, it says, The women of Moab are like fluttering birds pushed from a nest. And Sennacherib... Remember with Hezekiah, King Hezekiah? Sennacherib boasts. He states, I locked up Hezekiah within Jerusalem, his royal city, like a bird in a cage. And so, those who have a rather realistic view of life are saying to the psalmist, you need to flee like a mountain, well, like birds to a mountain. 
And as we know, in the Old Testament, the mountains were often referred to as the great hiding place. 1 Samuel 26 speaks of hunting partridges in the mountains, giving the notion this is where they have fled and are hiding. But that's not all. He says, flee the mountain like a bird. It says, for look, the wicked prepare their bows. They put their arrows on the strings to shoot in the darkness. At what? At the morally upright, the psalmist declares. Arrows here are probably a metaphor for the verbal attacks. The the destructive language, Psalm 64 said, words like arrows shooting down upon the innocent suddenly and without fear of retaliation. You may have experienced words and Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words may never, what is that, may never hurt you. Uh, I don't think that saying is always accurate. <laughs> and, and here, those are saying to the psalmist, look, the, the wicked, they've got these arrows. And notice there's three things he says about the arrows. First, they're delivered with great care and calculation. Did you see this? They prepare the bows. They put the arrows on the strings. I mean, move over green arrow. They got it. They know exactly what they're about to do. Secondly, the arrows are delivered when one is most vulnerable. Did you see when they're going to deliver it? What's the text say? In the darkness. It speaks of secrecy. It could, however, speak of warfare at night when one is most vulnerable and least expects it. It was also during this time frame when those who sought to flee the city that was under siege. Uh, We're going to talk more on this, but many believe that this psalm is more out of someone who's experienced a city that's been under assault. And you would flee the city when it was dark in hopes to get past enemy lines. Just ask Zedekiah, who then got caught down by the Dead Sea. Remember that story? They killed his sons and then they plucked out his own eyes. It's the last thing he saw. So here's this idea that you may think you can get away at night. They're still going to get you. They're prepared. The arrows, they're, they're calculated. They're careful. They're going to attack you when, they're, when you're most vulnerable. And they are intentional. Did you see this? The target of those who follow the Lord, those are the ones they're going to go after. The one who has moral character and righteous misery loves company. And if you're not going to join them, they're going to go after you is the idea. And the faithful follower, this person is saying to the psalmist, you're doomed. The, the wicked, they've already prepared it. They're ready to go. And then he states, I love this next line. He says, when the foundations are destroyed, the idea here is the fundamentals of law and justice order has gone out the window. The the idea is that the wicked are attempting to dismantle the very structure of society. The metaphor, again, I think also goes back to this siege warfare and military conquest that we often see in the near Assyrian literature. One scholar states, it seemed that there's a connection between the portrayals of an enemy king as a bird and a city as a nest. The city was then portrayed as a cage when the Assyrians blockaded it, trapping the king or the bird inside. Similarly, when the 
clean fled, the avian depiction continued and the fleeing king was described as a bird fleeing into the mountains. This is the idea here. And, and, and those that are standing out the outside saying, you trust in the Lord? The whole fabric of our society is, is collapsing. Sound familiar? Erwin <laughs> Lutzer, the former pastor of the Moody Church, recently wrote a book, We Will Not Be Silenced. It is a must-read for 2021. He states, he looks at the role at the, the, of the church in America, and his insight is that what is the church to do when the Christian values that we have cherished and the core principles of liberty have come under great attack? It's an excellent read. But he addresses, you look at the landscape before us and it would appear that we are like birds needing to flee because the very foundation of our country and the very foundation of our moral righteousness is being an, as a, an assault. And so the psalmist asks a rhetorical question at the end of this. He says, what can the godly accomplish? Answer, nothing. The psalmist looks at this and he says, there's nothing we can do. And as we stand on the precipice of a new year, again, I ask, can you relate to the psalmist? Whether it's the ongoing pandemic and government regulations, whether it's the economy and your business, whether it's school and the counseling for you kids, the canceling of all athletic and music events, whether it's an illness that you've been battling with no solution in sight, whether it's a marriage or a wayward child, whether it's a legal battle, whether it's an addiction and physical or mental struggle, whether it's the ongoing pain of a loved one, 2021 appears to be another year of the city under siege. And humanly speaking, it doesn't look a whole lot better than 2020 thus far. And so, we could echo, what can the godly accomplish? You're saying, thanks, Hophaditz. I came to this morning to hear that. It's the next part of the psalm. Because the psalmist, as he's listened to all of this, he says, yeah, there, there is nothing we can do. We are helpless. But, he says in verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. <laughs> the Lord, he, he, he's not, his city's not under siege. The, the Lord, he can withstand the multiple attacks from the enemy. I mean, there, there's no negotiation with the Lord. He sits supreme. And notice he says, the Lord's throne is in heaven. I wrote, he's not under siege. He's not subject to the enemy's threats. He's not on a business trip tied up in a meeting. He's not on vacation refusing to answer his emails. He's not sick confined to a bed. Our God is in his temple. He's in control and he's aware of all things, isn't he? That's why the psalmist states, his eyes watch and his eyes examine all people. We call this an anthropomorphism when we use human traits to describe God. But it, it, it's, it's meant to help us relate to what God is doing. In other words, he's careful, he's calculated, he's seeing all things. One scholar writes, it's a careful consideration and responsible for judgment. 
the Lord is fully aware of our affairs. Isn't it great to know He already knows what's going to happen in March of 2021? I mean, think where we were in January of 2020. Who would have thought we would have been hit with the pandemic? God knew. The idea that you've lost some loved ones this year, God knows. Marriage on the brink of divorce, God knows. The Lord sees all things. He is all-knowing. Ross, in his commentary on this text, says, Of course God always knows what people are doing, but the verse states it in human terms of careful and close scrutiny to make the point. Our God is on the throne in His temple. Even the darkness, He sees all things. He's got night vision. He's able to know. It's not going to hinder him. Psalm 139 says, Even the darkness is not dark to you, O God. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light for you. And I love Psalm 121. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over you from the coming and going, both now and forevermore. Notice what the psalmist goes on to state. The Lord approves. This could be examines the godly. I think of James 1. We weren't promised we wouldn't go through trials. But the trials is to strengthen our faith, right? But he says he hates the wicked Here, the idea is that God despises the actions of those who do ill, and He will judge. In fact, it says here, He considers them the enemy and those who love to do violence. Of all the places the psalmist could go to, he turns to the Lord, doesn't he? Why? Because he's already recognized. (laughs) I don't care how much we can muster how much money we could spend, how much talent we could put together. What can we do? That's what Erwin Lutzer raises in his book. We are not to be silent. We must stand firm. But this is the Lord's battle. He goes before us. And that's what the psalmist is saying. There is nothing we can do. God's reputation, by the way, is at stake on this sucker because he has promised to care for us. And to go before us. And so the psalmist says, Lord, may you rain down burning coals. There's a, this Hebrew term could be rendered bird traps, which I find very intriguing. And I, I think that's, you could see a play here. Lord, they want us to flee like birds? Throw down traps on them. Take care of them. And brimstone on the wicked. And this is not, well, he's he's calling to the Lord, vindicate your name. We are the righteous ones. We have sought after you. Vindicate your name. Call upon the Lord, he says. We are helpless. And a whirlwind is what they deserve. It's an idea of destructive judgment seen elsewhere in the Old Testament. And so he calls out to the Lord. And then I love how he ends this brief psalm. He started with it. He's going to end with it. Certainly the Lord is just. He, he goes on to state, 
rewards godly deeds, and the upright will experience his favor. This is what the Net Bible has. You might have, and the upright will experience or see his face, which is a great rendering. Matthew 5, 8, the pure in heart will get to see God. 1 John 3, we will see him as he is, Revelation 12, they will see him face to face. Although we might not see an immediate response from God, there's a day coming when we will be vindicated and we will get to see him face to face, the one who has been declared worthy. The psalmist does not wring his hands. In fact, the psalmist doesn't ask for deliverance per se, does he? He's concerned about God's character, God's reputation, and he rests in God's word and who God is. The Lord will defend. The Lord will deliver. He is able and willing. He is worthy. So 2021, let's embrace it with open arms because God is already there. He is in the heavens just a few principles to tease out of this this morning. They're in your notes. But the first is for 2021, a call for us as a, a body of believers is to grow passionately in our relationship with the one who is worthy. Psalm 31, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. And how do we rest in our relationship with him? Through studying his word. That's why I love we're doing the Bible reading program uh, soon we're going to be launching materials through Truth 78 for kids during this worship time so that collectively we're worshiping together. We're also looking at materials eventually for Sunday school programs, which I'm excited about. We've got a, a prayer team that's lifting you all up uh, weekly, uh, the Cluxtons. In fact, would you guys stand? I'm just going to put you on the spot. Where's Jeff and Vicki? Uh, they're heading up the prayer team, and I want to thank you for all that they're doing and all those that are on that committee. Secondly, in your notes, I have depending solely on the one who is worthy. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I love this. Do not lean on your own understanding. Have you tried to explain 2020? <laughs> have you tried to explain the present situation? Good luck, in the words of John Calvin. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and He will make straight your paths. Walking in his commentary on Proverbs makes this great statement. He said, One is a fool to rely on his thimble of knowledge or his own understanding, which is often governed by irrational urges that he cannot control. <laughs> Isn't that great? We, we lean to the Lord. He is in the heavens. He sees all things. He knows all things. He's in charge. If we know our Lord well, then the fears, worries, and battles of 2021, ah, they're doable. He is the Almighty Lord who knows and goes before all things. I'm excited to see what God has in store for Community Bible Fellowship in 2021. There is much that is happening behind the scenes. I want to thank our elders if I could have all of them stand, I'm going to put them on the spot here. Our elders who are faithfully praying for you, if you guys would stand. That's all right. Go ahead. There you go. Our elders, thank you guys for how you are walking humbly before our Lord and seeking His face. We're working on a deacon board, a missions committee, 
And I also want to thank our land and building committee that are working tirelessly, and they have been, not only to find a temporary home, but looking at some land for a permanent home. Why? So that we can have a place that, that exalts the name of the Lord, exalts the one who is worthy and understands our dependence on Him. And finally, as we look to 2021, in light of this psalm, I have in your notes, resting confidently in peace and hope. And can I put a new, another word in your notes? And I put encourage. Peace, hope, and courage. Daniel 3. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Thrown that fiery furnace and God spared them. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's commands and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. May we be known as that. May we not been in a world that is marked by cultural Marxism, destruction of the nuclear family, sexual revelation and the blurring of genders, vilification of the church, we have an opportunity to stand in 2021. As a church, we must not cower in the corner, forming our own holy huddle. Nor should we capitulate and submit to our culture in the name of compassion, love, and cultural relevance. We as the church in 2021 need to recognize that we belong to the one who is worthy. In him we have the source of peace and hope. May we stand fast in this next year. No matter the political plan of our leaders, whoever they might be, no matter the course of this pandemic, no matter what our enemy might plan, the one who is worthy has already ensured the victory of this plan. It's because of Jesus that we can say, it is well with my soul. Father, indeed, you sit on your throne in heaven, and how the enemy would love to take out your people. But as we are reminded, you see all things. You go before, and thus we can trust. No matter what might come in 2021, we individually and collectively as a body of believers know we are yours and we lean heavily on you because your faithfulness is new every morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.